0: Your style is unorthodox but effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now,
1: you are now listening, listening to on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat.
2: Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat.
0: We are live on Black Comics Chat.
1: Black Comics Chat. We
0: are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics
1: Chat. Chat. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. Hi, this is Regine Al-Sawyer, owner, writer, creator of Lock It Down Productions and the coordinator and founder of the Women in Comics Collective International. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. Hey, what's happening? This is Marcus Kwame back with a new slash old episode of Black Comics Chat. Um, We thought we had lost the audio from this very, very important episode with author Alex Segura. But... Fortunately, we had a backup, so I'm bringing it to you. It's um, slightly late, but it's also timely, um, as any interview with Alex is, but it's timely because earlier this month, um, Alex's amazing novel, Secret Identity, was published. So check it out, and if you haven't read Secret Identity, definitely cop it.
2: Just wrap
0: Yeah. Welcome to Black Comics Chat. Hello yes. everyone. So uh, <laughs> I am going before we uh introduce our fabulous guest, uh let me start with introductions because I feel like I should be doing it. Uh we'll start with the man from the frozen tundra, the wasteland of New York.
2: Yo, Marcus, no, wait, wait. Marcus is from Hoth. He's from Hoth.
0: That's right. He's Uh, from from Hoth. Hoth. That's right. It just happens to be that Hoth is in the middle of New York.
1: just (laughs) crawled out of a Tauntaun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) At least you were staying warm.
1: Yeah. And I can say that they definitely stink on the inside. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Absolutely. What's the creature? What's not the Tauntaun? What's the the creature? The the Yeti? Oh, the the one... The Yeti yeah,
1: type yeah. Thing? What was it? Uh, Oh god, name. the abominable
2: so, snow. Person I know. It, I have no it idea. It has yeah. a name because, literally everything in Star Wars has like the silver. Right, one has everything's got a name. Right. But, yeah, so I don't
1: know the name of it, but yes. I know. I, feel, I I'm sure as a kid, I knew. <laughs> Me too. That's and one. I, that's I don't one that it. didn't stick. Yeah, yeah. I don't have it. I'm sorry. Although you guys have seen the deleted scenes with where there's like extra ones in the uh, in the, the yeah. Fortress, right? yeah, oh,
2: there's yeah. more creatures? There's more Yetis? Yeah,
1: there's just look up Empire Strikes Back deleted scenes. There's okay. like there's stuff they because they were they were all over the hideout. So when the Empire busted in, they were awakened or something. You
2: know, like Hoth would have hmm. been a great place for the holiday app.
1: Huh? It would have yeah. been Which, which (laughs) I maintain is, uh, is canon since. uh, So you counted as canon. (laughs) Name dropped, uh, you know, uh, life day. So I. Canon. There you go. All right,
0: right. and then
1: we got all the way
2: from the left coast, even though he should be on the east coast. Leo, what's up? Originally from the east. What's up? Originally from beast. Now I'm on the left, and uh, I like, I like in the like 20 minutes ago or so, I finished the new Boba Fett.
1: Mm. Oh good. Okay, it's, good. It's
2: it's like I'm like emotional from it. I'm like okay. I was, I if you misty. said you didn't
1: like it, I was about. To I got misty. Uh, I, was about to I, make, I was going to... misty. I got wow. misty.
2: I got misty because no, it was because the Tuscans <laughs> yeah. are really important to me. Like of course, and, and I've never yeah. like they've never given them like their their shine or their flowers the way they did in this yeah. episode. And like yeah, huh. I'm just overflowing with emotions from it. It's like I think the still so riding like, the high. Happens. Yeah, right. seriously.
1: The closest they've come before this, and we should definitely speak about this later, was um the Tuscans in uh, uh Nights of the Old Republic. You know what I mean? Because mm. you got a little uh, bit yeah. more yes. and insight. Well, yes. And I said yes. I said when yes. we yes. talked about
2: Mando before, I said like the shot of like the silent no-words shot of Mando at night at the campfire with the Tuscans yes. is my oh, yeah, single right. favorite image of a live-action Star Wars moment. That like I right, want right. that in a portrait, I want that on my wall. That's my favorite like film image yeah. in Star Wars ever. Uh, yeah. And this episode was just like, I'm serious. Like, I didn't ball. I didn't yeah, ball. It wasn't like crying, but I was no, like- no, oh, I, get I, I, I get it, you. I get it. I believe like, you. My, like, yeah, yeah. The, like the sides of my eyes are moist, <laughs> like, you know? Like I'm like, I'm, right. I've got the- I've
3: That's got what the... it's all about. That's why- I, yeah, yeah. Seriously,
1: seriously. We love this stuff. I'm just
0: surprised because you don't really like a lot of things. So that's why I'm just like- I, I oh.
1: figured you'd like this though. Right.
2: I was iffy about... We'll talk about it later,
1: but yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll talk okay, about okay. it yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I do want to say, Leo, the beard is looking really good. It's coming, right? I'm it's trying, coming. I'm it's
1: coming. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: trying to shape it. I'm trying
1: to... Now, wait, you're still service. doing it yourself, or did you I'm still did doing you it myself. I got
2: a shower mirror. I'm in the shower with it. I'm okay. detailing. I'm getting up nice. in there. You know, I'm, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'm right. doing, my best. doing Put, my best. You're putting good. in the work. Putting in the
0: work, yes. And for those who don't know, my name is Anthony Otero, at Latin Negro on Twitter. Um that doesn't matter, because what matters now is our guests. You uh, matter,
1: Tony. Come on. I matter. do matter. Come I on. do matter. Come on. Come on. I'm, excited about, I'm, excited, I'm excited about
0: I'm excited. I'm excited about our guests. Okay. <laughs> Alex Segura, how are you? Good. Uh, we first met in New York Comic Con a few uh years ago talking about Black Ghost. And I, I always said, I'm gonna get you on the show. Sure it took a pandemic, but here you are.
3: <laughs> I'm happy to be here and I remember that interview. You act you you read the book, which is always <laughs> it's so nice when oh, someone shoot. reads your work you know reads yeah. the book and actually has questions based on the book you know a lot of times it's very yeah. generic like you know like how did you write the book you know but this was like you actually <laughs> spent some time which was I appreciated. it and uh yeah I'm happy to be here thanks for having wow.
0: me wow well thank you for that I, I will yeah. say that you were probably the first like real press interview I've ever done like because they sent me like your book they sent me like you know all the stuff, and I'm like, I gotta read this. Oh, you were a pro! I had no yeah. idea. That that was, I was <laughs>
3: yeah. like, this guy knows what he's doing.
2: <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you. See you I know dude. what I'm doing. <laughs> you, like, I feel like you've you've like flexed those muscles in your oh yeah. in your employ, like just yes. in, like what you do. You know what I mean? Like, yes. you've right. got yeah. you've got chops. You got chops yeah. for that yeah. like kind of off the rip. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so
0: Alex we're gonna go right into this. So what? This is your first time on the show. What we yeah, I'm excited. Do is we ask all our guests the first time they hear what their origin story is. Meaning, how did you get into writing? How did you get into comic books? Everything that you're doing now, how did that begin?
3: How did it begin? Okay, uh, I live in New York. I'm in Queens now, but I was born and raised in Miami. And uh, my parents are Cuban, so I'm Cuban-American. Uh, I grew up Archie. Archie was the first comic book I read. Big, um, big, Archie, big Archie vibes. Grabbed it at a grocery store at a Publix, and that got was really tapped me into comics. And then, you know, you graduate into superheroes. I was a big, um, Spider-Man, X-Men, Batman, Daredevil. Like I was a big Marvel DC guy. Some, you know, image was blowing up around that time, like 92, 93, 94, that era. I was, I was really into, uh, you know, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, all those guys, Eric Larson, um, And I think all the time I was always a pretty big reader. I was really—I probably read the Godfather book way too early, and that, you know, I found it on my grandfather's shelf and like pulled it out. And I was like, "This is not for—I'm not supposed to be reading this, but I'm going to finish reading it." And um, one of those one of those Puzo kids.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Raised on the Puzo. Hashtag Puzo
3: kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And that kind of you know comics and crime writing is kind of my thing. Like so, you know, I always wanted to i'd always draw my i started trying to be an artist like all the way up until high school so i i try to draw my own comics write my own comics and um you know that was always a dream i think but it's also a dream that you know felt like just like something i was doing it didn't feel like it could be real yet um and then i got into journalism in college and i worked at newspapers um Mm. i worked at the miami herald as uh, i did some writing and i did some graphic novel reviews for the newspaper um and I worked at Wizard Magazine um, before that. So Wizard, nice, if, nice. if you guys remember, was yeah. kind of like the Entertainment Weekly of its oh, yeah. time. Like yeah, yeah, it definitely. could make or break a book. It was mm-hmm. like publishers fought to get on the cover. You know, it was before the internet was breaking news. Like you found, I found my comic news in Wizard. Like I'd pick up Wizard and I'd read like a, an interview about the death of Superman or about what was coming up in the X-Men books. And it was like, that's how I found out about what was happening. If I had five bucks that week, I wouldn't spend it on a comic. I'd buy Wizard because mm. it would like show me what was going on in the world. Um, so I worked at Wizard for a while, then I worked. Um, I was reviewing comics for my hometown paper, and that's what opened the door to work at DC in the publicity department. So that was kind of what opened. That's that's what kicked the door down for me in terms of just being part of comics. Like, um, and I met so many amazing. You know, I was doing publicity, so it was like pitching the story, the comics to uh, the press, but. I got to meet so many talented people like, you know, Brad Meltzer, Greg Rucka, Jeff Johns, Scott Snyder, Gail Simone, like the list. Mm-hmm. I, I could mm-hmm. we could spend the rest of the show just going through the list of people that I got to interact with and just see how they worked and see how they did what they did. And talking to editors and just kind of for me, it was just amazing, like just a learning experience just to watch how these super talents did stuff. Um, and at the same time, it was like this comics became a job. You know, where comics before was like a fun thing I did on the side, like I didn't have to read comics. It was just something I did. It was work. So you'd get a stack every week of all the comics of the week, which sounds amazing because it's free and you can read them, but you had to do it. You had to read them. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh man, I'm not, I don't really feel like reading this, uh, whatever death stroke issue. You had to read it because otherwise you didn't know what was going on. You were out of the loop. And, um, I started reading a lot of mystery novels, like crime novels, um, I'd always liked crime fiction, obviously, like The Godfather or True Crime Stories, Sherlock Holmes, Agatha Christie, things like that. Um, but I got into a lot more recent crime fiction around that time, like Dennis Lehane, George Pelicanos, Laura Lippman. Like these – all of them wrote series that were very strong in place. Like if you read a George Pelicanos' book, you were in D.C. You felt like you were in Washington, D.C. Lehane, it was, uh, you know, Boston and the outlying areas, and uh, Laura Lippman was Baltimore um, – and so I was like, wow, this is so, I was, it was a hot, that became my hobby. So when comics became my job, reading these novels became my hobby. And I don't know if it was just like homesickness. I hadn't been home. I hadn't been to my back home to Miami in a while. I was living in New York for the first time and New York can be very, uh, intimidating. Yeah, yeah. I'd never really lived, uh, in New York or away from my family. And so it was really intense. And, um, I started pecking away at my own book. I was like, well, you know, I don't know if it was a hubris of just being in my twenties and thinking I could do anything. Um, but I started writing my own detective novel. It was set in Miami and it featured a guy like me, like a Cuban American guy. Um, I like to joke around that Pete, Pete Fernandez, the, the private eye and I went to college together and we just kind of parted ways. Like we had a lot of similarities, but we were not the same. Um, <laughs> And that became the side thing, and eventually I got it published. I got the second one published, and um, I moved on to Archie. And then at Archie, it wasn't just like a straight publicity job. They uh, they were open to me writing, so I got a few a few classic Archie stories to write. And by classic, I just mean it was drawn in the classic style, not that they are classic. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, and those are chal- – it's hard to be funny. Comedy is super hard to write. And so that was a, yeah. an early lesson for me. Like, you know, it's harder to nail a joke than it is to, like, blow something up or <laughs> throw in <laughs> some yeah. violence. Um, yeah. And so I did stuff like Archie Kiss, Archie Meets Ramones, and things like that, all the while, like, still writing these um, these novels. And the novels started to get more and more acclaim. It was a series. And so by the fifth book, I was like, I think this is the end of the series. Um, and I knew my, I, I wanted to write a book blending everything together, like, blending my love of comics, my love of noir, like film noir and crime fiction, and also like setting it at a particularly interesting time. Like not today, not today's comic books, but just like a time where comics weren't as prevalent as they are today, where, you know, you don't see like an Ant-Man movie or, you know, a Peacemaker TV series or even Mm -hmm. stuff like Book of Boba Fett. Like it's all kind of, it's everywhere, which is awesome. But I remember a time when I was a kid where we were just stoked when we got a Batman movie.
2: No, or, no. Yeah, we were we we got or, our thirst yeah. slaked from puddles. We were like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh my god! Oh my god! There's yeah, yeah, anything, Spider-Man anything. in pajamas. Like, there's going to be but a the, the <laughs> flat the Flash TV
3: series. I was like, "This is amazing! Like, yeah, there's yeah. a Flash TV show or Dick Tracy. I love Dick Tracy.
0: <laughs> oh, um, I remember that. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. And so at the same time, I'm also I was also writing a few other comic books like The Black Ghost, which also blends noir and superheroics. It's like my take with with the team on the street level vigilante, but a little more through the filter of like human failure and kind of uprooting yourself and getting over your own demons to kind of be the hero of not only the superhero stuff, but your own story. Um, Yeah, that's the big picture. And then secret identity comes out next year. So, and along the way, I wrote a star Wars novel, Poe Dameron, which was the origin of Poe. Like it ties in everything from the movies and everything from the comics and everything from the books and basically tells you, what defined him like what were the defining moments that led up to you meeting him in the force awakens and it's it's it really it tees up zori bliss it tees up his time as a spice runner but i think it does it in unexpected ways and so the big response i got was like oh thank you 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 really connected everything so it makes sense and it was actually a really fun romp so i was really proud of that Hmm.
0: that's amazing Uh, that's amazing that's a lot
1: Can,
3: can I was I, trying to keep it succinct. I was like, "What can I skip over?" <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that's good. Can, uh, can I just add the so the other part of that question we usually ask is, uh, you know, as a reader, what was your origin? Is there a and you know specifically maybe like was there a certain book that like really ignited your your love of the genre? Yeah, um,
3: I think the first comics I remember reading, the first comic I spent my own money on was Amazing Spider-Man 348, which was Eric Larson. It was – it's probably the worst issue to give to someone because it's not it, – you're jumping right in the middle of it. And you're sometimes right. those are the best because – Yeah. I mean I knew I knew Spider-Man. I knew the – I had read some Spider-Man like classic Spidey comics I can digest and stuff. But this was the first one I put money down on my own because I saw the cover and it was Spider-Man, the Avengers, the Sandman.
1: Um, I remember and, that.
3: Yeah, and I Sandman was a that. good guy. Vision was like – Looked like mayonnaise, like you yeah, know. Was like, yeah. I
1: was like,
3: <laughs> the Avengers lineup was like Cersei, Black Knight, Black Widow. Yeah, it was kind yeah. of, you yeah, kind of weird. Like um, Mary Jane was like a supermodel. It was like not what I expected, but I was hooked right away. Like Eric Larson's art, like pulled me in. Mm. Uh, and then two issues later, Spider Man is fighting Doctor Doom in this big throwdown battle. And after that, I was just kind of like, I'm in. This is just my thing now. Like, you know, with the Archie stuff, I was always. I was reading it because you'd go to the grocery store and you'd ask your mom to buy you a comic book and whatever. Um, But then it became like a religious thing. Like it was like, okay, anytime I had some money, I'd go to the drugstore. I discovered a comic shop like down the street from my grandparents' house. So I'd go there like whenever I had it, it was really like if you had any, if I had five bucks, I'd go to the comic shop. If I had a dollar, I'd see if I could find something in the dollar bin. Like it just became an obsession. And um, yeah, that was it.
2: You know, I'm yeah, randomly know. thinking about Archie, and I'm like, mm-hmm. how has there not been a woman rapper who, like, dubbed herself Lil' Jinx? Wasn't Lil' Jinx? Isn't oh, that really? Archie? Isn't Lil' Jinx? Yeah. Did yeah, I have yeah. the name right? Yeah. Sure. yeah. I yeah. randomly remembered Lil' Jinx as those little backup stories. Like, that's, yeah, be a rapper named Lil' Jinx. That's, like, yeah. way ahead of rap. Mm. <laughs> that, that nomenclature. There's still time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. probably gotta, will be. That we got to build will. one. We got we to gotta find yeah. somebody and just, like. Because <laughs> <laughs> the name alone will sell it. Yeah, a little jinx and be like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Uh, uh, Like, Archie, I feel like Archie is, uh, it's weird. Like, I'll I'll never stray too far. Maybe a few months will go by, and then I'll go back and, like, read some. I'll read, like, there's so much great new Archie, uh, Mm -hmm. for sure, but, like, old classic Archie. And it's still great. It's elemental. It's, like, the framework for something. And it's weird how it's sort of always the same story. And yet it, like, is incredibly enjoyable and pure, and it's weird. Like, yeah. I never totally got over Archie. It's not like I aged out of it, but I was the same. Like, that was my, my like, gateway comic, for sure.
3: I think a lot of it is, whereas, like, superhero comics are all about the serialization and the continuing story, and kind of after a while, they have to kind of catch up and, like, see what the story is. With Archie, it's like a sitcom. Yeah. You know, the, the pieces are You're all jumping. there. Yeah. You can jump it at any time. There's no real continuity. I mean, there are in some of the newer titles, but in terms of, and the classic stuff is so beautifully drawn. Like yeah. Dan DiCarlo, Harry Lucy, mm-hmm. like Bob Montana. Like they just drew everyone was beautiful or this really ca- great cartooning. And, and it's funny. It's just like slapstick comedy. It's candy, basically.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is.
0: Archie's candy.
2: Yeah. It's
0: good. So um, how was it? How 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 was it delving into your first working comics? Like, at that point, you were saying that you were writing the the Pete Fernandez series, but comics is a little bit different to write. So how were you able to totally different? Your, your yeah, writing style for that? um,
3: that's a great question.
0: Actually, the first comic book thing I did,
3: and and this sounds like so so bizarre. My first writing comic book writing was at DC. Like I was I I was still working there, and at the time they didn't really. If you were on staff, you didn't really get to write comics. Like it was there was a it was just not, it was frowned upon. Um, but somehow I managed to get a short story in a DCU Halloween special and it was the flash, uh, meets Frankenstein, the kind of Grant Morrisonized Frankenstein. (laughs) And, um, I don't know how I did it. I think I just like, I just made it up. Like, I think that's one I I real, you know, it's, it sounds so silly to say it that way, but I was like, what am I going to do here? Like I had to write a pitch. It was like an eight page story, but, um, I think what I learned and what I continue to learn is you have to lean in on the visuals. Like the writer's Mm -hmm. job is to lay out the framework. You're the screenwriter and the artist is the director. I know that's trite. Some people think it's cheesy to say it that way, but I think it works for me. Like the artist lays out the visual style. Like they lay out the tone, the texture, the visuals, the cues, the camera angles, like they are directing the film and you are the screenwriter and you can have some input, but it's super collaborative. Whereas with prose, I'm just sitting there by myself and I'm in control of everything. Um, Eventually it's going to get to an agent. Eventually it'll get to an an editor. Eventually it'll get to a reader uh, and they can provide feedback. But by the time you hand someone a novel, it's pretty much, that's it. You know, whereas with, um, with a comic, it's a little bit closer to like music. You're like jamming together and Mm. trying to come up with something and everyone is adding something. So like the base is like, the pencils and then the inks, and then there's like the lettering and the coloring and the writing and the editing, and it all becomes this you hope that the pieces click together and become something greater than the idea. And sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. But usually, if your collaborators are good and professional, then it'll work out.
0: That's, that was actually an amazing answer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. That's a good metaphor, too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah.
3: I mean, and it's something, it's just something I keep in mind, and I think it actually influences my prose because. If you read my crime fiction, it's pretty starkly written. Like, there's not a lot – it's not like Alex walked into the room and his shirt was a long sleeve black polo with a zip. You know, it's not a lot of, like, extra detail. Like, I'll say Pete walked in, he ran his hand through his dark brown hair, and he pulled the gun out. You know, it's like boom, 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 because it gives you enough so you can figure it out in your head, Mm -hmm. and then you can add the rest. Like, that's the collaboration is between me and the reader with the prose. That's how I see it. And then – um. The comics, it's you have to get your artist jazzed. If the artist doesn't care about what he's drawing or she's drawing, then or they're drawing, it's you've already lost. Like by the time it gets to the end, like no one's gonna care, you know. So you have to excite the next person down the line.
2: Are you uh, are you a fan of James Ellroy?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the L.A. Quartet. I really like uh, Underground USA, that four book arc. Yeah, I've read all his stuff. I think he's yeah. a great crime writer. Yeah, like I think he gets a little intense.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> no, he does. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. He, like I feel like he uh, like, in terms of Stark, I feel like he's one of the Starkest. Like it's just ev- oh, all yeah. the fucking extra shit is just shaved and cut and sculpted off. It's like there's almost nothing left on the bone, and he's like, yeah, I'm definitely
3: that. not that Stark. Yeah. I mean, there's a little, <laughs> But if you read like White Jazz, like he's eliminated every kind of article. Like there's no ths <laughs> or ands. It's like blue gun, <laughs> you yeah, know, like you know uh, red he car. Does. Yeah, it's, I lo-
2: but it's I love pure. it. Like and it is in, like very 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 much intense. But yeah, yeah, uh, but
3: it's great. I mean, it's so well plotted. Like, yeah, I think I haven't read his new one or his last few. I have just haven't had a minute. But, um, yeah, he's written some really classic books. Like, uh, The Big Nowhere is one of my favorites.
2: I haven't read that. I, the last one I read was American Tabloid. which like That's a, a good like one. Shoved me I adored it. That one is yeah, that, brutal. Uh, that yeah. quartet
3: of books is so cool because it weaves in and out of American mm. history. And that mm-hmm. was a huge influence. Just like, as a reader, I am also a history buff. So when I read something that's like, immersed in history and you almost feel like it could have happened. And that's kind of what I tried to do with secret identity. You read it and you're like, wow, this comp- did this company exist? Like, did this character exist? Like, mm. did these people exist? Because the hope is you research it well enough and you get the tone just right that, you know, you get that verisimilitude where people feel like this is it's it's got to have happened. I'm not saying that people believe the fiction, but you lull them into this state of believing the fiction. No, for totally. a while. like yeah. I would
2: imagine like if you if you send a reader to Wikipedia to check, you did your job yeah exactly yeah. they're like yeah. wait, wait
3: a minute <laughs> i had people some people were like wait is this real a real company like was it really like a triumph comics i'm like no i mean i hope not because i use the name in the book
0: <laughs> right on so uh in the green room that's what we call it before the show with which um you you mentioned that you um you had some input from jerry conway um oh yeah oh.
3: yeah yeah i'm yeah it was um this was the most research intensive book I've ever written. Like, you know, I always, I hate to call it research because it's never research. It's always whatever I'm obsessing over. Like a lot of the Pete books were vehicles for whatever I was, you know, focused on whether it was cults or organized crime or Miami history, Miami Cuba relationships or serial killers. Um, But the Miami stuff I knew down, like I didn't need to research Miami. I was from there. Um, But since this was a historical novel set, in a different time. It's at 1975, New York City. Um, Ooh, I did a time. Yeah, exactly. That's it's <laughs> not the New York we know now. No, um, no. <laughs> and so, you know, I read a. I had already read a ton of comic book history books, like you know, Marvel the Untold Story and things like mm-hmm. that. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so I felt like I had that base, but I wanted to really like connect with people that worked in the industry at the time. And it wasn't like formal interviews, it was just like let's hop on the phone and and I had questions and, and Jerry, I, I shot him a message on Twitter and I said, Hey, I'm working on this book. I know this is a big ask, but can we chat for a little while? I just figured we'd talk for like 15, 20 minutes and we ended up talking for like an hour and a half. And, You know, there's no, I can't really pinpoint and say, then he said this and it appears here in the book. It was much more a tonal thing for me. Like we talked and he gave me a great sense of just what it was like to be a freelancer at that time, what it was like to be working in comics, like where people lived and like a lot of logistical stuff, a lot of fun stories, um, and it was so, so generous and he's such a kind person. And it was really like, we'd never talked on the phone before. We knew each other like from comics, like he'd worked at, a, he'd done a few things at DC when I was a publicist there. Um, and so there were a lot of people like that, that contributed time and and um, didn't have to. And so that was, you know, it's, you're always grateful when people that like, give you time that they're, you know, they're not compelled to talk to me about their time. Like Linda fight who wrote the cat, which was, um, the first Marvel comic, I think the first number one comic launched with a female writer. uh, And it came out around the same time that the Lynx comes out in, um, in secret identity. And she was super helpful too, because um, you know, it was such a different vibe back then. And so she gave me a sense of what it was like to be a woman working in comics and what, you know, what she had to deal with and um, you know, and, and, that sometimes you, the answers you get are not what you, you go in with these expectations and I think those expectations are what I would have written had I not had these conversations and you come out with something else and then that influences the work and so I was really grateful for those conversations like I spoke to Louise Simonson and she was really helpful I mean she was an editor and she was also obviously a great writer um, very kind very you know just people just were so giving with their time that they didn't have to be and um, for me it was like a blast because it's research but you know, I get to talk to these amazing people and then somehow have it like feed into the book. Um, yeah. It was a trip.
0: Kind of reminds me a little bit of, cause I don't know if anyone saw the, the Chris Claremont um, <laughs> documentary where they talked right, about yeah, that time yeah. period, yeah. which was just so fascinating. One to see the folks that created the comic books I used to read as a kid.
3: Yeah. I am like Claremont just, obsessive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Same, same. But yeah, that has to be a fascinating time. And and while we're on the subject, can you explain a little bit what Secret Identity is?
3: Oh, sure. Yeah, Uh, I have it here. This is a galley. so. Um, Uh So Secret Identity, it's set in 1975. New York City and it tells the story of Carmen Valdez who's a Cuban-American woman from Miami and she moves to New York she grows up loving comics her dad gets her into comics he learned comics he learned how to speak English reading comics Um, so it's this very important thing between her and her father and so she moves to New York to achieve the dream to write comics Um, but you know all she can really kind of Scrape together is this job at this third rate comic book publisher called triumph comics. And so she's the executive assistant to the publisher, uh, the editor in chief, this guy, Jeffrey Carlisle. Um,
2: what could be the and, triumph analog?
3: Um, you know, I'm hesitant to say any one for ones, but you know, companies like, uh, quality or Charlton okay. or Key Atlas. Or no. Yeah. Key- yeah. Like those.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. All yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So,
3: So not a Marvel, not a DC, um, yeah, not Warren, not, not straight horror like Warren, but you know, they were trying to do superheroes. So I guess, yeah, Charlton or Atlas or that kind of vibe. Um, so she's trying to break in. At the same time, she's got this job. She's working for this guy, this mercurial guy, uh, and he basically says, "Look, I'm not gonna. I can't give you a script. I've got a line of guys around the door, like freelancers who have credits. I'm gonna give them the work, and maybe someday you'll be an editor and you can help me run the place." And but that's not what she wants. And so this other associate, this other editorial staffer, this guy Harvey Stern, he shows up at her apartment out of the blue, and of course she's freaked out. Like, a, how did you find out where I live? B why are you here? (laughs) And, um, he says, look, I know you want to write comics. I I know you're a fan. Like everyone's talking about it. I have this assignment, this rush assignment. I have to write a number one issue, like an arc, an opening arc on this book. And they want it to be the first female superhero the company launches. And I, he's basically like, I'm not ready to do this, but she's ready. I mean, she's got notebooks. She's got stuff ready Mm -hmm. to go. Like her dream, this is her dream, like presented to her on a platter. And, um, the only catch is he she can't put her name on it, you know, right. and he basically says, look, we'll keep you off the first issue. And eventually once it starts to do well, then I'll talk to Carlisle and we'll get you get you the credit you deserve. And she's already kind of like red, this is like a red flag, like what's happening here. But she goes for it because it's the dream. Like it's the dream. Like I think what what would I have done if I was asked the same thing? I probably would have written the script anyway and just same. seen what would have happened. Yeah. Um, but then, he, you know, the issue comes out. It, it's a hit. But Harvey ends up dead. So nobody knows that Carmen has contributed, to, contributed to this series. And she and Harvey wrote the first arc. So the first six issues are slowly coming out. It's being drawn by this guy, Doug Detmer, who's, um, you know, his is one of these is like a difficult artist who's done some work at DC and Marvel. But but then, you know, he's kind of like not getting work from the big two, but he's still like a super talent. So he like redefines the look of the character uh, and it becomes this huge hit and no one knows she did it. And she can't tell her boss because he'd be like, you're fired. Like, what are you doing? Like doing this end around like, um, and so she has to basically try and solve the murder to reclaim this character. And that's, that's it.
0: Ah. That's
3: kind of like the high concept. i um-
1: I'm, I'm sold. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm <laughs> sold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, actually,
3: there's more. There's there's one more thing that is I think the icing on the cake, but it's also awesome. Is um, Sandy Gerald, who's an amazing artist, who's done a ton of stuff. There are comic book interludes in the book.
2: Oh hell oh, yeah! Cool. Yeah. Oh, so nice.
3: you're reading you're reading the prose, and then you're reading like interludes of the character. Oh, that's so. Awesome. So you're that's in the comic, awesome. like you're yeah. You're getting yeah. samples of the comic in the story. More, is... more pictures in prose books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's one great splash he did that's like pure like Miller Daredevil.
2: Oh um, hell yeah, yeah. Oh, that's
3: great. That's yeah. like yeah.
2: immediately making me think of like the the comics they did after The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, like you know. How oh like yeah, the made, Escapist. Yeah, they made the Escapist comics comics like within that world. Uh, Yeah. I I mean, I
3: loved Cavalier and Clay. And so when I, you know, that's what I wanted when I was reading that book. I was like, I want to read those comics now. Yeah. And so then they did them. But I was like, how cool would it be if the comics were in the novel? Like you're reading the novel. And so you like meta, you have this meta shift and you're suddenly in the comic. And so the story of the comic kind of intersects with the story of Carmen. And I think it works. I think people have dug it so far. It's gotten some nice uh, love. Uh, But yeah,
2: that's it. That's awesome.
0: Thanks. That's a, fan, that's a fantastic uh, concept. It's kind of a uh, Inceptionist in my mind. I, I love Inception. Yeah. I love the way that they it interweaves interwo- into, like, dream. Is it real? But to sort of bring the reader into that, you know, yeah. like, here's a piece of something that the character's doing.
3: That's One amazing. of the fun things is that, you know, without spoiling too much, there's a point where they have to hire a new writer and a new artist because Carmen's scripts have run out and And she hasn't told them i'm I'm the writer yet. Hmm. So they hire like these two hacks, like these two guys, just to kind of keep the ball rolling. So yeah. we sandy Sandy and I there's a sequence in there written by like the hack writer and artist. And it's just funny because it reflects what's happening in the story and you see it in the comic. and you' I remember as a kid when you're reading a comic and you're loving it, and then there was a fill in, you'd just be like, "Yeah, what yeah. is this?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. or or the events. I mean, I've definitely lamented yeah. that on the show, but you'll be in like a really good run. And then there's like a, a world changing. Event.
2: There's a thing. They have the to best ones like figure it. out how to
1: weave it. Like the, the right. best fill in the
3: best event stories are the ones that kind of make the event play off whatever the big narrative yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, it's hard.
2: Or the ones that, or the ones that sometimes barely touch it. Like I've, when I when I read the whole like like years ago, I read the whole Civil War thing because I had like been out of comics for a while, and I'm like, I want to read uh-huh. everything that was Civil War, every issue that Civil War had anything to do with. And if I recall, Moon Knight has almost nothing to do with it. But it's in it. It's like window dressing for the Moon Knight run that was going on at that point. And I was <laughs> like, I guess this is fine. Like they were just like, I we don't want it. It's like um, what somebody once said uh, back in the day, like when there was this like crazy uh, on like musty TV, there was this like thing concept they did once where it was like a tornado. And oh it yeah! Every episode, like so, Friends like dealt with a tornado or Whoa. some shit.
3: They did that um, with like Golden Girls and Empty Nest, like they had yes. a Hurricane yes. hitting they had a Miami. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that makes
2: total Empty I mean, Nest. That, wow. Empty Nest. Yeah, know know about that that. Golden Girls spinoff. Shit. Shit. Yeah, yeah, oh. no, 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 But like, and but it, what was funny was that when they did it on on NBC on Channel Four, they Seinfeld was like, "Now nah, we're not doing that." yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's like, yeah we're we like don't do that Seinfeld. like uh, yeah. you could have your little crossover event so that was sort of like Moon Knight they were like ah, yeah. we're, not, we're not really <laughs> really yeah except Moon
3: Knight was not Seinfeld no it
2: wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it was Seinfeld maybe
3: but oh anyway. that's cool I mean I love Moon Knight I like the Sienkiewicz mensch run is like yeah amazing
2: yeah yeah. Moon Knight is, Moon Knight is one of those like it, it the so much potential, even if it's like the most blatant Batman ripoff, and the best ones have like really took it and ran with it. But I yeah, mean, I mean
3: the Jeff Lemire run with Greg Smallwood was fantastic. Um, yeah, just a lot of good stuff there.
2: I didn't read that. I f- I, f- I just feel like it's like it's a character you can play. Like people can come in there and play. You know, yeah. it's kind of like
3: Daredevil. In it's like a maybe not as Daredevil's had some amazing runs, and I think people still see him as kind of a B lister. But he's had so many iconic runs, like even yeah, the Zdarsky oh, yeah. run and uh, Chichetto stuff going on now is fantastic. But like Frank Miller, Mazakelli, and Nicente, mm-hmm. Lee Weeks, you know, I'm I'm for Bendis, Brubaker, like
1: yeah, yeah,
3: so many. And Moon Knight's yeah. had a chunk too. So
1: yeah, so so um, quick question. So you referenced uh, so DC and Marvel do exist in this world of. Okay, now that's interesting because, um, being that you, uh, you know, researched and spoke to so many, you know, actual artists of the time, do do are they written into the story at all, or is it just more focused on triumph? <clears throat>
3: uh, I mean, I wanted it to feel like it was happening in the real world with this stuff. Like, obviously, I mm-hmm. couldn't like have. Um like a, per, a real person show up and do something bad right. i couldn't be like haha yeah, yeah. like this artist is the murderer you know Jim all, shooter you
2: kills know, one of the characters it's <laughs> uh,
3: it's all it's verisimilitude so you give a feeling that it's happening so i think they reference like at one point a poker game with like right. big, you know mm-hmm. you know cuz that was historically like accurate like you, i mm-hmm. i've read so many books that talk about these legendary like poker games that happened in new york and so at one point Carlisle says oh i was at a poker game with I think he says Len and Marv. And so if you're, right. you know, comics, you know who they're Len talking Wien, about. Yeah, Len,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. So,
3: but yeah, I, you know, they can, you know, there's no moment where it's like, you know, Dave Cockrum shows up and says something like that's It's just, uh, I
1: mean. Yeah. Yeah. I figured, I figured. Yeah, I, yeah. I just, it, that, that, that interested me too. Just the idea. Um, Cause I know there's gotta be challenges too with, you know, what you could even include, you know, mm-hmm. being that there's, you know, but, but that's a, uh, that's cool to know they exist.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I tried to make it seem as real as possible in fiction. You know, it's still fiction, but.
0: How deeply do you get into uh, the New York City life? Um, Because as we had said, New York in the 70s is not. Uh, I mean, a lot. (laughs) I mean, I did a lot of research
3: on different locations. I mean, I love music. I'm a big music guy. And um, so in that particular era of music, especially Mm. the New York scene, like Talking Heads and Blondie and Mm. all the CBGBs bands. Mm -hmm. I love those. I love that era. So it was not work for me to kind of like dig into that. Um, They go to CBGBs at one point in the story. They show up and they... um, you know, I give a little. You know, I reference a show that is pivotal to the plot. You know, you know, in terms of being a clue. Like, I don't want to spoil the whole book for you, but no, yeah, I don't right. think you'll lose anything um, from knowing that. But, you know, and you know, I did a lot of research on, you know, what subways. You know, you know, kind of boring research, but like, was this did this subway line exist at that time? Well, a lot of like,
1: but that's, no, that's vital. That's vital. That's too. vital. I'm a New, New Yorker, Yorker so I would yeah. Know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you I'll read it and you were like, oh, out. there was
3: no like z train at this yeah. time
2: like <laughs> dude i uh, dude i i like always get upset when things take place in new york but the subway doesn't exist which is like at least 80 percent of all things that take place in new york city it's like they'll have the fucking 11 train or so. they'll just you know like there's so much yeah. stuff that does that and it's like so irritating when i like recently playing miles morales on the ps5 mm. it was like i was like okay cool like there's stuff here there's like real shit like they didn't like yeah. you know, fuck yeah. around yeah. with that yeah, that's amazing
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the thing that annoys me the most about uh Spider Man 2 is the train scene. Now, great scene, yeah, you know what I mean. He's fighting uh, Doc Ock. Yeah, what like, train there's is no that? elevated train, yeah. What train in, is it? in Manhattan? What it, it you yeah.
3: know, I don't number? know, I don't know,
0: I don't think it does.
3: It had to or be like the J train, right? I mean, but that's not in Manhattan, right? Well, was, <laughs> it's well, not overground, not was, above ground.
2: What was the thing? This still the time period wouldn't be right, but what was the thing that they turned into the high line that was a train? Like I think away. it was an yeah. I don't know if it was
0: outside. I don't know if it was an elevated train. No, I
2: think it. I think it was an elevated. It? I think yeah, it? They, was, yeah, they turned it into a like now. It's oh, an awesome park. Be. That's great. Great me. date, by the way. Anytime, take date to oh, line. the highline. Awesome. Oh, the highline is great. The, the highline is great. The best, but yeah, I, know, I think that was an the the active running runs train. Runs but it, running. but it, the time, the time period wouldn't have been right for Spider Man anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff is. I mean, but then I'm like this is annoying me more than it annoys almost everyone else. Like I'm sure a lot of people are just like, whatever, I don't give a shit.
3: It annoys me with stuff like Miami. Like when I watch a show set in Miami and it's clearly filmed in LA, like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Annoying. Yeah. but I mean, you also like, once you're in, you know, you, you're working for so long and you just see how the sausage is made. You're like, well, it's a budget thing. Like,
1: yeah. So. Yeah. Right. And even, even fictional, uh, you know cities like like Gotham for instance like <laughs> if you think about the size of Gotham City like the the speed at which batman gets around and you know it's all I mean? over the place yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: it's kind <laughs> of you know, crazy how well realized is Gotham geography come to think of it it is sort I mean, of it's sort of wherever it needs to be it's as big as be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's
1: odd. they definitely have like certain like you know parts of towns like the bottoms and the narrows yes, that like yes. pop up you Robinson know what I mean? Park,
3: like there's things right. that mm-hmm. always come up, and I think yeah, yeah. I think there's probably some master document that they reference. They but... have to have a Gotham right. Bible. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I think they do keep it flexible as far as the geography. Yeah, yeah.
3: And I think what's yeah. cool is sometimes you can probably add like neighborhoods or you can add like landmarks or things like that.
2: Mm. Yeah. I feel like if I'm not mistaken, though, Spider-Man as a comic series this is a very broad uh, comment because I haven't read like a ton, especially recent. Um, I feel like Spider-Man's very good about it. I feel like Spider Man like has no, the bros, is, has the play like Yeah. I mean yeah. he's from Queens,
1: he's from Forest Hills exactly. which is right, right down right down the street I, from where I, I live. Honestly, I, I learned stuff. As as an upstate kid, I, I like learned stuff from Spider Man. about New like, York? Yeah. Yeah, because it's no, they really kind of, and then they would even write stuff like there would be. I was reading an old Spider Man comic recently where Peter like commented to himself, like, Well, now I'm getting to the Queens, there's like fewer tall buildings to swing off of. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wait,
3: wait, you're so you're Though when he you're, swings from like Manhattan to Queens, it's got to take an hour. He's
1: like,
2: Yeah, I guess he's lighter yeah, fast. Light yeah.
1: Um, if you play the video games, you it, it it's plausible, you know you Yeah, he hops, hops on the J-train. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: there you go. Wait, you said, you said you, you were know. in your forest. I'm, I grew up in Rego Park. I grew up, up in Flushing Park. i Gardens. Yeah, Gardens, Are you in Kew Gardens? Kew Gardens. Right. Gardens. Right, no oh, doubt. my God. No doubt. I used, to, I used to hang out. I used to get wasted. Yeah. yeah. My next girl, I
0: have an ex-girlfriend in Kew Gardens, but
2: okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, 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 have quite a, I have quite a few visits to the Queen's Courthouse in my childhood past. So I did jury duty
3: there for like a month.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I met the D.A. there when I was a young teenager. He, he treated me all right. Um, That's good. Yeah. Give me yeah. a talking to. Yeah, yeah. He. Hooked me up. <laughs> I got no. He no. Like I mean, everybody fucked me kind of, except for the D.A. He hooked me up, and he also like just blessed my community service. He was like, "Don't worry about it. Go get your G.D. Get your oh, G.D. Good. Don't worry about the the community service. You're fine."
1: That's Long the show.
2: stuff you remember when somebody helps oh, you in that yeah. way. Yeah. No. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I wish I could remember his name to like give him a shout out, but no, he hooked me up. That's good. But no, Queens, yeah. Like, I, I grew up in Queens. Um, and as a kid, uh, Sp- Spider-Man being, that was a thrill. Like, when they mm-hmm. did the the Fox cartoon, like, the first Fox cartoon, that was a big mm-hmm. part of it. And I was like, oh, this is this is where I am. Like, this is literally here. Felt yeah, awesome. that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Man. And you, you had that same uh, uh T-shirt that he would wear every episode as well. This... You remember? <laughs> I only remember what this because was... I watched What did movie. he wear? What... Oh, he had, I like, haven't. a bad polo that was, like... Uh, you know, striped, it was like they never, his uh,
2: they never changed his shirt,
1: yeah, which is so bizarre. It's like, that he sucks, <laughs> yeah. Totally sucks. I mean, there were occasions, I think situationally, you know, what I mean, like if he was going to an event, he might have a suit, but he yeah. definitely came back to that striped uh polo. And kids, kids pick up on that, like my same. son watches Daniel Tiger and he's like, Why does he yeah, always wear the same red
3: hoodie?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, most, like of, them, the, 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 most of the ahead, cartoons Leo, we watch every weekend. Uh, that's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, that kid has the one white shirt with the vest and the dumb hat, and that's what right. he wears. Yeah that's, the same. yeah, that's his name. Yeah.
1: You better not be talking bad about the wardrobe on Denver the last time. That, dude, that, that's, that's what we were thinking man. Of. I haven't, I have not heard that name in like <laughs> at least 20 uh, years. No, that a <laughs> we have, we haven't <laughs>
2: that's
0: the
3: name. That's a deep
2: cut. No, we haven't watched Denver in a bit, but we've watched a bit of Denver, and that, that theme song is like, a, is a toxin. Stop. Like, it's, you, a poison. it's poison. It's poison. It's poison. Yeah, oh, I'm not even going to think
1: about it. Get up. <laughs> I am not going to Google that <laughs> when we're done. Don't.
2: Don't. don't. don't oh, you don't, if you don't remember it,
1: years. then count your blessings if yes, you don't remember it. Creep I, still, I still
3: now. find yes. myself whistling like the Doug theme.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Doug.
3: Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that, those stuff. They're they're built. They're that's weaponized shit. They just built yeah.
3: that way <laughs> for a reason. Yeah. I mean, those cartoons were just like a big toy commercial. Oh, yes. absolutely. GI Joe, Transformers. It's all good. I mean, I'm not complaining.
0: Yeah. I think we have a lot of commentary about how the toy would work after seeing it on the cartoon. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm actually kind of curious about mm-hmm. what it was like to write a Star Wars story. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I'm assuming they give you uh, something to Our reference guidelines, or, yeah. or guidelines or must things that happen. How did How did that work out?
3: Yeah, they. I mean, they reached out, and um, it was. It's funny because it was not. It was a very general email and it was like hey would you be interested in doing something with Star Wars. I of course knew I was going to say yes cuz whatever it was I would do it. Right. Like and then and then I said yes and we drilled down and they said we're looking at you maybe like writing a YA Poe novel. And I was I mean I love Poe. Poe's my favorite character from the new trilogy. I think he's great. Um and so you know, Star Wars has a story group, which is a group of people that kind of keep the continuity, but also, like, make sure it all syncs up and, like, manage the timelines and make sure that, you know, Star Wars is so great about the canon, you know, everything syncs up, everything counts, and I think the fans appreciate it. I, I know I appreciate it as a fan, um, Where something like Star Trek, which I also love, is a little different. It's much more of a blend of different things. Like, if you read a novel, it's not necessarily canon. If you read a comic, it's not necessarily mm, canon. Mm, mm. Um, whereas with Star Wars, everything counts. The comics, the the, novels, the movies, TV, obviously. Um, and the story group is kind of the nexus point of that. Um, and so we got on a call and they laid they laid out some of the big things that they wanted to happen um, and some characters to use. And this was around the time Rise of Skywalker was about to come out. And so I knew they wanted Zori Bliss in there. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the key characters that are referenced, Rise of, Rise of Skywalker, in terms of Poe, you know, Babu Frick, and, and um, you know, the, the Spice Runners, and just... But then a lot of it was left to me, and I, I found it to be really creative. I mean, you're in the sandbox. You can't really go outside of the sandbox, and you can't play with all the toys. Like, I couldn't have Luke Skywalker show up. You know, like, it all has to make sense, and it all um, it all has to, you know, fit. But that was kind of part of the fun, like, finding it, you know, finding little tidbits in different media and then adding to it. Like, I created a lot of the Spice Runners Um that Poe lines up with at the beginning of the book. And I got to lay out Zori's origin story and really like spend some time with, you know, the criminal landscape of the galaxy, you know, in that time period between Jedi and force awakens, which is, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. That's the best shape
1: by the way. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Which really kind of, I guess, overlaps with even some of the stuff we're seeing now, right? Like both of Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Spice was in the last ep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and so yeah. it's um, it was really a fun,
3: you know, I had to, you had to <laughs> and it, you had to be fluid, you know, because sometimes things would change and they would say, hey, we need to add this. And it's just it's all about, you know, work for hire writing is so different from your own writing where you're completely in charge. And the only like, you know, you have editors, but it's your vision. Whereas here it's I had a vision. I wanted to write this kind of heist crime novel in space. And I got to do that. But obviously you're doing it with somebody else's stuff. And so, at the end of the day, you give the stuff back, and you hope that you didn't like screw it up, and that people still enjoy playing with those toys later. Hmm. So
0: that's that's great. That's great. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, <clears throat> uh, one of my cats is named Poe, by the way. Oh, so. nice. <laughs> Everybody think it's uh, formed from the uh, the poet. I'm like, no, no, it's it's Poe Dameron. Yeah, Poe Dameron. <laughs> Poe Dameron for sure. Um, awesome. I, I just, that was something I kind of always wanted to ask, like yeah. how that, how that kind of happened. The other thing that I noticed, uh, cause I also did a bunch of research on you as well. Um, you have a podcast called lethal lit. Is that? Yeah. Correct?
3: 2018. Uh, I co-wrote and co-created with Monica Gallagher and we wrote the black ghost together. Um, Lethal Lit, which is this crime, YA, crime, right YA podcast. Uh, iHeartRadio did the first season. Yeah, wow. it was fun. I mean, it was a scripted podcast. It was the first time I'd done anything like that. Oh. Um, yeah, and so it's a murder mystery. It's about this town called Hollow Falls, and Tick Torres is this Cuban American teenager that has to move from the big city to back to Hollow Falls, where um, where she has to she finds herself uh, embroiled in this, you know. Old murder mystery that she has to solve because you know for whatever reason the town has covered it up so it's a blend of kind of like 90210 Twin Peaks like Buffy the Vampire Slayer without there's no supernatural stuff just that high school like anxiety vibe of the first few seasons of Buffy um yeah it was a blast like Monica and I really hit it off as collaborators there and so we obviously that led into the Black Ghost and and hopefully more more other more stuff in the future but um yeah we're really proud of it.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. So <clears throat> did you find yourself when you write, uh, Cuban characters, do you put a, some of the culture within the writing or do we see? I any try to.
3: That? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I try to, I try to in a organic, like genuine way. Like I, I don't want it to ever feel like you're forcing anything, you know, I try to keep it organic and try to keep it three-dimensional. Like as people, we don't like Right. talk about everything in detail at all times like we're just people and right. it's just part of our lives and um you know uh, it's I, I try to you know what i always wanted as a kid was to read a story and kind of see myself in the story and i never really got that opportunity like i never it's, it wasn't right. i was thinking about this recently like it wasn't until i saw like Bobby DaCosta, Sunspot, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. Miguel O'Hara, who was Spidey 2099. Like, Mm. to see another, like, Latinx person, like, be a superhero. Like, I didn't really see that. I think also Gangbuster, that Superman character, is Latinx. Is he? Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, I could be wrong. I have been wrong before. Um, Yeah, Jose Delgado, I think that was his name. Okay. Um, Anyway, I didn't get to see it as much as a kid. And so the hope for me is, like, somebody will read this... And, and connect with it in some way and just find some some familiar ground. You know, I, I think it's it's great for people to write their experiences. I think it's also great if you do the research and you do your homework to write outside of your experiences. But you know, I think now it's so much more important to do that work. You know, you can't just do it because it's fiction and people should just let you write whatever you want, you know?
0: Right, right, right. Because I <clears throat> I only bring that up as I sometimes I have, excuse me, a lot of commentary when it comes to Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, don't get me wrong. I think the run he's have is is great, but I think I get I get bogged down by some of the choices made. For example, you know, introducing his grandmother that happened a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, but she doesn't speak Spanish. You know what I mean? That was mm-hmm. just like, all right. Well, every grandmother you know, <laughs> right, is not only not speaking Spanish, but is admonishing you or the the main character for not speaking Spanish. So mm-hmm. it's one of those little nuances. And I know I probably read too much into it, but, you know, when you when you love a character and you see yeah. a lot of yourself in Miles, as I do, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I wish we had more Latinx writers, you know, yeah. to sort of really... Um, not get too much into the culture, because that's not necessarily what it's about. If you're a superhero, you're a superhero. But again, if you have cultural ties somewhere, it should be a little bit more authentic. At least that's what I believe.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think people want authenticity. I, I don't think there's anything, you know, it's just it's just the way things are going. And I think it's great. I mean, I was, you know, if I read a story about a Cuban-American character, I wanted to feel genuine.
0: Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah which is like I said I, that's why I kind of enjoyed you know um, Into the Spider-Verse and the Spider-Man cartoon I mean Spider-Man video game with Miles Morales is, Oh yeah, because there is a lot of authenticity there you yeah, know it's great. As, a, as a black Puerto Rican in New York City and he also was in Harlem which I used to live in Harlem as well mm-hmm. so it's all it was all gravy so I, yeah. I, still, I still enjoy that game Yeah, he's I awesome. know in my, in my writings I try to make sure that I'm at least authentic in the ways that I've seen um, because yeah, that's you know, all I can a, do. We're not a monolith, but no, we can exactly. at least take parts of what we know from our own culture. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Uh, um, because I, I want to make sure that we, you know, we stick to our time agreement. Um, what have we been watching?
3: What have I been watching? Uh, you know, I don't. I'm terrible. I I have this habit of term- turning my hobbies into jobs, and so I don't yes. really have. Hobbies anymore. So, like, my hobby used to be writing, <laughs> writing novels. Now I'm, it's a job. Now it's comics are kind of a thing too. So, and I have a family, so I don't watch a lot of TV. But during the break, I did get to catch up on Hawkeye and WandaVision which I thought. Oh, nice.
1: Were, yeah, I thought. Yeah, we uh, haven't really spoken about Hawkeye.
0: We have we, not spoken about Hawkeye. It's good. We haven't had a show. Oh anymore. no, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: not not for. Yeah, I actually was surprised because he's not my favorite MCU Avenger, but you know. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Anyway, so, I probably, yeah,
3: I love Kate Bishop. I mean, I first, I love to me one of my favorite runs ever is the Morrison Animal Man run. And mm-hmm. probably a close, 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 probably tied is the fraction, fraction. aha yeah, hawkeye yeah, yeah. run because there's yeah. so much heart to it. There's yeah. so much it's such a artistic piece. Like it doesn't feel like just traditional superhero stuff. Yeah. But then also really close to that is the Kelly Thompson, Leo Romero. Kate bishop mm. run which is just mm-hmm. like it takes her out of the initial run and just makes her her own thing which I, I you know i love i just love the character and so they did a great job bringing it to life i thought
1: no i think they did one of, one of my only gripes isn't uh doesn't have to do with the story or the show itself it's mm-hmm. just not giving david aha his his flowers like it's kind of oh criminal. yes like, yeah they they lean so hard into his visual language and you know what i mean like just um, in the presentation of the show. So I do wish that, uh, you know, that he yeah. had been gotten more credit. Yeah, I mean, I was blown away at how amazing the show was. Just like. Uh... Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was able to catch Hawkeye. I, th- I thought it was great. Yeah, we haven't talked about it. I, I think we will at some point.
1: Yeah. Um, like, the first episode was... Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But I, well,
0: the, the first episode of a lot of these Disney
1: series... Yeah, slot, but it really... You know, I no, mean, no, but then, uh, once episode three, that was the one where I really... I was like, oh, okay. Like, it's yeah. getting it's getting real. And then... Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the twists the
3: twists were good. As a mystery writer, I was like, okay. I mean, I kind of saw... I didn't... I mean, I, I don't want to say I saw it coming, but it was. it was a nice was oh, well yeah. crafted, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. It was definitely well crafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I do, I do like reading mysteries and, and looking at mystery. Uh, I just, for me, it's like I I don't know if I have the capacity to write a mystery without like spoiling it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could do the twists and turns, but I think to be able to write a, an effective mystery is just a work of just a work of art.
3: I think the key. I mean, the thing I try to do is you never want it to feel like cheap. You never want yeah. it to feel like. It was this character you saw at the beginning of the book and they went, disappeared and you never heard from them again. It's got to be something that the reader has to get to the end and say, I didn't get that, but I know the pieces were there because if I go back and read it, I will see the clues and I missed them, but they were there. And that's the the key to me. And it's hard. It's hard to do that.
0: Do you find yourself changing your mind? Like... Okay, maybe it wasn't this person. Maybe I'll have somebody. I I wonder if you, because I know I would.
3: (laughs) Um, at the early stage is when I'm trying to figure out who who did it. But usually I have to know the end when I'm starting it. Like I I usually have to say, yeah.
1: yeah. 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 Usually when I've read a mystery, that's my I. I've wondered that, but I usually figure that the author starts just because I
3: have to to leave crumbs while I'm writing. Like, and sometimes you get really interesting little clues that you can drop. Um. So I wasn't a big outliner to begin with, but now I've become like a pretty tight okay. outliner. Yeah. Okay. But a lot of it was the Star Wars book because it needed an outline. And so I was like, oh, this is a really helpful way to write because now I know what's going to happen and I can write through this outline and add as I go. Um, whereas with my early books, I was just writing. And that means the revisions are much more complicated because you're like, if this doesn't make sense in chapter 38, oh, you have to revise yeah. chapter one. Yeah. through. You know, you have to kind yeah. of make it all fit. Um, yeah. Not that I don't have to revise now, but it makes it a little bit smoother.
0: And that's why we do outlines. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. You don't have to. I know some writers who just write, like Michael Connelly just writes, which is amazing. Just not, and Stephen King doesn't outline.
0: That's crazy,
1: by the way. Stephen I mean, King. in the '80s, he was fueled by cocaine. <laughs> <clears throat> they yeah, that's... got him over the.
2: I feel like I just learned that, like in the last couple weeks. Oh, yeah. You heard the Cujo story?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like, he, like, forgot shit he wrote and stuff. Like, he was just
2: so wasted. (laughs) It was, like, cocaine, NyQuil, I think, and something else were, like, his main
1: vices. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Man, whatever
2: um, the, gets the you to stories, write. Whatever gets
0: the, you to write.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the stories that Tabitha King must must have in. There. <laughs> in the yeah. cut. Yeah, yeah, she's. <laughs> the pages
2: that were on the floor. Are we Are we talking Boba Fett yet? We were uh, talking about I'm, what we watching. I'm
1: down. I'm so, down. Uh, I wanted to wait till you got back to talk about. Uh, me finally getting into those trash ass Roys, but uh,
2: been... <laughs> that's right. I oh, succession successfully <laughs> yeah. got into succession.
1: Yeah, oh, nice, good. Yes, yeah, all right. Yeah. What are you up to, Marcus? Oh, man. Uh, I think season two, episode seven. So I'm not, I'm not Oof. all the way caught oh, up. Man. Oh, but, oh, man. It, yeah. yeah, we got to talk uh, when
2: you're done. When you're okay, done, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. Marcus absolutely. called me the other day, like frantic, like, all right, I finished season one. <laughs> we have to talk right now. <laughs> like, <you laughs> yeah, uh, oh. yeah, uh, it's, man, I, yeah, I can't wait till you, till you catch up, catch up. Um, uh, uh but, bo- all right, my, my feelings on the first episode of Boba were strong, but a little muted. There was some stuff in there. I think, I think, uh, I didn't know Rodriguez directed it until like the end of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He directed that up. The, I think there was some like goofy stuff in there that like pulled me out of it. All right. Like this, uh, this is like a classic Leo nitpick, but like, Okay. When he grabs, I don't know the name of the creature. Again, everything in Star Wars has a name. You know the dog, the, the dog. The massive, massive, massive. They're called massive. Yeah, yeah. So when he, when he, when he first broke out of his bonds and got the mm-hmm. massive and, and used the massive to break out, if you recall, what he does is he gets the massive in a chokehold, and then he yeah. like lets go of it completely. It's still a lot, like aware and conscious, and he does like this like hammer punch. He like hammer punches the massive, and all of that was incomprehensible. Like, he had it in a chokehold. His hands are bound, so he can't keep holding it. He lets go of it completely. It is sitting on his lap, alive, aware. And then he whacks mm-hmm. it, and that made no sense. And I was like, that's stupid. That is That, like, the dog...
1: Sure. Dog Does it wrecked. take every time? every time somebody <laughs> knocks out a... Armored Stormtrooper with a punch. I'm, I'm, better with
2: I'm better with that. You're better with that? I'm better okay, with that. All right. hey, you can't all right. let go of a headlock and then do a thing. That just doesn't read at all. And I thought the multi-arm thing was like I was talking to Chico about it. He was oh, like, I loved it. It's very uh, what's what, what are those what are those guys like Harryhausen like type shit? It 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 was a little goofy. It, was it looked
1: little like little Clash little... of the Titans. Yeah, was... it
2: did. It did. <laughs> it looked like what was it, The Labors of Hercules or some shit?
1: Like it's just, <laughs> I just I just really loved the design. Like I thought that as an artist, I I. I... I thought, you, it was I thought story.
2: it was, yeah. like, too goofy for me to, like, take seriously. Like, it was... I'd never seen this creature before. I know it, doesn't, huh. it didn't exist.
1: That's what I loved about it. Because when I saw the claws, I was like, oh, is this a crate Dragon? Or, well, you know... Yeah, then, I thought it was a great Dragon, yeah. And then it was, like, some... Yeah. yeah, I
2: don't know. That was cool. Yeah, I mean, like, but, all right. Regardless, okay, I yeah. I liked the episode overall, but I had, like... Other, there were other, like, little things. But then this episode, my, I mean, just, like, there's so much. There's just... It, there's so much in this episode. There's, yeah. The, the Wookiee. Oh my God! The mm-hmm. was, oh, He's, yeah. he's been so, in the comics. So yes, he has. So his name is a big Black
1: comic. Cranston or whatever, uh, something Black, like that. Claw, Black, yeah, some, something. Cr- yeah.
2: Everything something about like that, that scene yeah. was the best. I love that Wookiee, by the way. That, yeah, that, yeah. I cannot wait for that. Oh my God! Um, yeah, it's just like they're just like they're like put this in the this. You're just gonna you know you're gonna see this motherfucker. Um, <laughs>
0: but the fascinating thing I think about this whole thing with the with the Tuskins is this all plays back to how terrible Anakin's actions were yes. in episode two. These you know what I mean? Because these were families. Because these were families. These were and people. he's a colonizer. He's, and he's he comes a, yeah. into town. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I, I know people really don't like Attack of the Clones. I, I liked it. But I think that scene, so many years later, puts such a emphasis on just how bad that action was. Hmm. I mean, obviously we know he can kill younglings, clearly, but... Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's always down to... He's always down <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah, but it was
0: a fantastic. fantastic.
1: It, it also underlines, uh, you know, uh, Padme's uh, looking the other way. On his, his... <laughs> she literally Anabler. was stressed Anabler. for Anabler. a second. Yeah. <laughs> he's like,
2: Anakin! Anakin, you should not be doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, and uh, we've got Hutts. I'm a huge Hutts fan. Yeah, I'm all yeah, about the Hutts, yeah. always. And we had... I don't think they were in the Clone Wars, though. So... Are they? No. Are you sure? I don't... These... I'm not sure. Are they? The twins? Were they? There's a big Hutts arc in the Clone Wars, like a big one yes. where there's like four Hutts in it and they're interacting. And there's like the, what is it? The Cousin Zero. They have like that zero. zero. I remember Zero. Out. And there's other yeah. Hutts. I actually, I, well, I'm g- i I'm going back for the rewatch, but I thought they were. I thought those were clone call. Out. Okay. Maybe not. I have to maybe look. Not. Have yeah. to look. Yeah. Maybe not. But there were a lot of huts in that app because there was like a meeting of the huts and shit. There was a meeting of the huts. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I want to say those huts were up in there, but maybe not. But it was just amazing to see them and and see them interact. And like, and also I'm like sitting there watching it and I'm like, holy shit, like, these huts look so much better than like the CGI Jabba in the they do. in the new, oh, new yeah, Return. Do. I'm like, oh, they got it now. They got okay now. They, they can do this, and it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although you have to feel bad for the people
0: lifting them. I mean, they've got to weigh like a ton. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you see them straining
0: a bit. Like, they're like you see,
2: yeah, right. they're just like, are oh, we really are having this conversation right
1: now?
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
1: They're like, that's you guys true. They were just chilling in the street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, I, everything yeah. about that was wonderful. Um, but well, that's funny. That, okay, <laughs> that was another nitpick for the first one, for the first episode, which pissed me off. The What are the guys, what are the orc guys called? Uh, they have a name also. Oh, oh God. Yeah, I know who you're talking about.
1: Wait. It uh, starts with an no, R, I think. Which ones? The orc, he... his,
2: his guard. His guard. His guard. Oh, the Gamorrean guard. Gamorreans. Gamorreans. Yeah, yeah. The Gamorreans, when they get jumped by the shield guys, which, which like, I have uh, other issues with that scene, but when they get jumped with the shield guys, the Gamorreans are right there. It makes no sense that they got the they got the drop on them. The Gamorreans were literally right walking but right they're in not. Front but,
0: of them. They're never, but the Gamorreans have always been like
2: portrayed as not the smartest. They're kind of deaf, but still right. when they enter the fight like two minutes into the bat like they what are they doing? They're right in front of them. They're like there. That's what they're supposed to do. Like I was talking to Chico about this and Chico was like, Oh no, because they were like shaved and bathed or whatever, like the uh you know Jennifer Beal like offered. I'm like, no, they weren't. He denied it. They were like, they offered to clean them. And he was like, no, we're good. So no, they were right in front of them on the street. There's no reason they should have got the drop that easy.
1: Wait, no, no, no. Wait, are you sure? Because didn't he, there was, so he, he refused to be carried. But then um No, he, had they been...
2: offered and he said no. He said Well, he
1: time. accepted something because she he said accepted, like, he accepted
2: he... a tithe, but that's all he accepted. Oh, that was all he accepted. Yeah, okay, because I was gonna leave, say walking right in front of them. They're literally within spinning
1: distance. Okay, all right.
2: So it doesn't make sense that they got okay. they got jumped like that. But I enjoyed it. All right, anyway, I enjoyed anyway. it. I enjoyed it <laughs> This all this all doesn't matter because this episode was so impactful to me. Yes. Um I mean just like the second like we're getting back to the Tuscan story. Everything about that interaction, the train—I mean, I speeders hij- hijacking a train like it was a heist. it was a heist. Everything yeah. about this episode is everything I love about Star Wars. It yeah. gave the Tuskins proper shine for yep. probably the first time ever. Truly, um, yep. the, like there, there, I felt like the 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 exploration of their culture was done with such respect and patience yep. and grace. Uh, like I, I just like I. I buy how this is building Boba to like what we understand. Like that's the purpose yes. of the flashback. Like I'm I'm yeah. so sold on that. I'm like, yeah. I, I, I get I get like his journey. I get everything. He, he I really
1: like the, the vision quest uh that was ish awesome. thing. That was you know great. yeah great. Yeah. That, was that was great. Was really...
2: And I knew that was gonna be his staff. Like I knew they were like building yeah. to that the gaffies. Man, yes. and they like took time with that too, like Oh my God. I'm like so jazzed about that episode. I'm just totally (laughs) pulled over. I'm so impressed. Yeah. Like I, the first, like, again, I like the first, the first episode didn't like kill me on the show. I just like wanted more out of it. And like this episode, like I was in a swoon, like it just totally took me over. I'm just in love with it. It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite live action Star Wars thing. (laughs) And we we can tell.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, we got a few good,
1: Oh, you go. I, I was going to say, we have one
2: more
0: question before yes. we go. Sure. Yes. Um, did everybody watch Spider-Man? No. Not
2: yet. I still okay. All right. So, cause all, all right. So, let me
0: see. We won't spoil it. We won't okay. say anything. All, all right.
2: right. I still Great. haven't gone back to a theater. You know I haven't. Yeah, yeah I haven't
1: gotten into a theater. Okay. That's, yeah. Cool. Yeah. that's cool. I want no to. That's, that's probably the one thing I'm going to say.
2: It's come the closest to yeah. pull me. It, that is yeah. the closest I've gotten to wanting to do that, but I don't know if I can do it.
0: Okay. The Matrix? Anyone? Yes. Yes. Uh
2: I no, okay. okay. I'm not a
0: Matrix
3: guy. I mean, I like the, okay. I remember seeing the first one in the theaters and really liking it, but not I'm not a Matrix
1: obsessive. Show
2: sure enough, okay. show sure enough. Okay. Yeah. okay.
1: All right. I failed Well, you. Leo, Leo and I have been talking about okay. the three of us maybe doing a Matrix spoiler, we uh, might, yeah. a Matrix spoiler yeah, cast. we doing Yeah, yeah, we yeah. should we well, should do, well, do
2: a spoiler okay. cast. Yeah. yeah nice.
1: although I've really got to rewatch the whole series to Fully get I it. am yeah, also I sort of leaning
2: leaning in that direction. What you did? Yeah, I did. Oh, I did you did. Oh, I told, did you I told before. us that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I only went back that to watch may... Reloaded because I yeah. wanted to see if I loved it as much as I always have always loved Reloaded, and I okay. still do. It's still amazing. Hmm. That's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Tony. Can we before we go? Can you just real quick? We have some good commentary in the, the oh, chat. We, we haven't really gotten to the chat. Um, oh, okay. actually, Namalki had a question from earlier for you, Alex, about uh, Elmore Leonard. Oh, I you love know. Elmore. I mean, uh, okay, what was the question? It was, oh, it
2: just, was, I I think it was before well, When we were rambling yeah, about, about writers. crime writers, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah. I
3: mean, yeah, he's a huge influence. And the thing about Elmore Leonard is that, what what's his role is, you know, if it sounds like writing, take it out. You know, it's all, all his stories are just mm. dialogue. It's these great characters talking oh, to wow. each other, probably mm. one of the best crime writers, period. But also his Florida crime stories are super influential. Just, yeah. He's on my Mount Rushmore for
2: sure.
1: There you go. Nice. Right in the pocket. Cool. Um, and uh, I, I must apologize to Ushi for the uh, Denver slander. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, no. And Amaki uh, talks about the huts in the Clone Wars animated. That's right. Because they were because they go to rescue the Hutlet. That's what it's called. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. The right. Hut, right. The Hutlet. Right. Right. Uh, Hutlet. Right. Hutlet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that 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 pulled me over too when I found out that's actually what baby huts are They're called. Cutlets. They're right. hutlets. They're hutlets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Creep played Jabba's sister. I when I go back to Clone Wars, I'm gonna. Creep Summers. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna see if 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 these huts if we've if we've seen these huts. Have, have you seen these? huts? That's the question. Have you seen these huts? Have think, you seen these huts? I think we've seen, seen these seen huts. Them? I think I think so. The fan. Okay. She's got the fan too. Mm-hmm. See, and they did a little, sub- right. yeah. Right. And they did a little subtitling, which are like in this episode, which subtitling is very rare in Star Wars. Like, there was if,
1: only Jabba. Jabba is one of the only, the only characters. The only no, ones, no, no, no. Yeah. They
2: they subtitled the the Tuskins
1: uh, near the end of the episode. They were right. they were doing, but, some but I mean, subtitling. Up, up to this point, like like prior to this. They almost never use subtitles. They, really, and previously Jabba.
2: they did, yeah, and they subtitled. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's, that's what right. I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah like subtitle. I, I like that subtitles are so scarcely used in Star Wars right. content. What I noticed is that they
0: use the older texts from the yes, movies the to text. do the subtitles. Yeah. So Jabba that was right. cool. Indeed. That yes, was great. Indeed.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Alex, are we, are we totally spoiling this for you? Did you not, did you not see I it? I haven't seen it yet, but now oh I'm still going to watch it. Oh, shit, <laughs> I'm dude. Sorry.
2: I'm so sorry. I'm
3: still going to watch it. Well, well hold, on.
0: So hold, on. On. hold on. We didn't really spoil it Yeah, I guess, we didn't. Like, I guess we, we didn't. You it. didn't, we didn't tell the story. We talked about a bunch say, of random right. things happening. We didn't really say the plot of the
2: story. I am so sorry. No, 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 no. Please don't worry. Oh, my God. Yeah, I did not. I was
3: talking in the green room. I was basically saying I have like little pockets where I can maybe watch something. And I just haven't gotten to it yet, but I will soon. For okay. sure. It's definitely in the queue.
0: Okay. I, I will tell you, we didn't spoil it for you. No, no, no. It
3: sounds no, like no. We, we didn't. There, no, there's you a didn't. Lot of yeah, there, yeah. We,
2: I guess we didn't. Um, yeah, because we were just talking. Yeah, because it was discussion.
3: all disconnected. Yeah, we were yeah, yeah, about, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. these things happen and <laughs> right. I'll see them happen in order and then I'll understand yeah, sure. what it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, finally, uh, anybody, what,
2: what are we reading? Um, anything in particular? What am I reading? I've been reading some. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got a stack, but I haven't dug into it yet. I The thing I want to read, which. I can get it digitally, but I want to get it physical is I totally missed the fact that Tom King is doing human target. It's so good. I, it's yeah, so good. I bought issue three because that's all that was available at the comic shop. And I'm like, fuck, am I just going to like get the digis and do yeah. that? Or am I going it, to get it?
3: issue two? Like was where I was like, this is it. This is amazing. Oh, man. And, I'm, really? and, okay. and like
2: human target, the Peter Milligan's run on human target is one of my favorite things mm-hmm. of all time. Like it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a masterpiece that isn't discussed enough. It was just absolutely the greatest thing ever, Um, and so uh, yeah, I totally missed that that happened. And I saw that it is involving the wider DC universe as well. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah,
3: a lot of fun little Easter eggs.
2: Yeah, I'm dying to I'm dying to read that. Uh, It's like
3: Mad Men meets Philip Marlowe meets
2: JLI. Mm.
3: Wow. Okay.
2: All right. Okay. All right.
3: And Greg Smallwood is like next level good. All
2: right, that's what's up. All
3: right. Uh, I'm really into Devil's Reign. The Daredevil crossovers, Darsky's writing with Marco okay. Ciceto okay. and um, Cliff Chang's Catwoman, Lonely City. Oh
1: yeah! Oh my God! That's, Amazing! That's my favorite thing. That is my is favorite thing right now. Okay. Cliff Chang is like, all right, so I know you're probably going to speak about it, but I I, I I've, I've been like, amped <laughs> yeah, of it's beautiful. Book. But it's like it's it's beautiful. Um, I I I've always loved Cliff Chang's art from like Paper Girls and what did what did he draw before that? Wonder oh, Woman. Wonder Woman. Yes, yeah, and um, he's. It's so the the um, premise is it takes place in in Gotham City, like I guess technically in the future, maybe, because there was an incident 10 years ago where um, Batman and uh, Commissioner Gordon and a lot of people died on this crazy, apparently Joker murder spree night. And, um, you know, Catwoman basically took the fall. And like so now in current day Gotham, uh, Harvey Dent is the mayor, but he's still two face. It's not like. But he's like, oh, I gotta read this. But yeah, it's yeah, great. It's, 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 it's and so Cliff good. wrote it and drew it, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just like, this. okay, superb. And as far as I know, this is his first writing. Um, I don't yeah, know his if first like
3: full length writing
1: stuff. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. really? But yeah, it's just I, I his his panel work, um, just like his his colors that he uses, because he's doing it from top to bottom. He's mm-hmm. like lettering, he's coloring. Oh, he's wow. I think he's doing everything but lettering. Oh, he's not doing lettering. I okay, he, I could be wrong. All right, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. but... It's, a, it's 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 pretty masterful. Yeah, it's really right. great.
2: I haven't I haven't read a Catwoman thing. Um, I re, if I do dip in a big two stuff, I usually don't. But if I do, it's usually Marvel, more often than not. Um, but I haven't read it. I don't. This think is big, this is really good. Yeah. I don't yeah, think I've read really a big amazing. Catwoman thing since the classic uh, Darwin Cook and Brubaker stuff. Those were like some of my faves. I remember
1: that. That's yeah. it's, it's, last it's an aging, aging it's it's an aging Catwoman too. Yeah, so oh, it's, it's, it's fifty five. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so much so much better than Catwoman in Dark Knight Returns, you know. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Black Widow one. by Black Widow by Kelly Thompson and right. Elena Casagrande Grande is also really great. Okay. Just really great superhero spy stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: Nice.
3: Uh, that's right. that's well, a current a current one? Yeah, it's still going. Yeah.
0: Okay. Hmm. I'm sold on that. Okay. Well, thanks for having me guys. Sure, yeah. sure. This awesome. Um this has been great. Hopefully we'll get you back on and for sure. March 15th, right? That's March 15th. Yeah,
3: Secret Identity comes out. Uh, you can pre order it now, wherever books are sold. So I'm, I'm pre ordering. I hope you right, guys take yeah. it.
2: We'll tweet some links too. Yeah. Well, we
0: awesome. will definitely tweet some yeah, links. Yeah. That's also on your birthday, which is amazing. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so not only, see, that's how you guilt folks to buy your book, particularly yeah. family.
3: See, yeah, like if you want to my... get
0: me a present, just buy yourself my book. <laughs> Thank you. See, that's what I said. I, uh, said that I, I don't want anything. Before. Just get my book. Right. <laughs> I you. said that to family before, because yeah. sometimes family's weird. Oh, you give me a free book? No, I'm not giving you a free yeah. book. Yeah. Get it for my birthday. No, What's wrong? It's it's my birthday? Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: exactly. There you go. All right, oh, guys. Well, a have a nice.
0: great weekend. Yes. Before YouTube. you go, can you let the folks know where they can find you on the internet?
3: Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Segura, S-E-G-U-R-A, and AlexSegura.com,
1: and Alex junior on Instagram. Awesome. So.
0: Marcus, where can they find you?
1: Um, just go to MarcusKwame.com. Uh, you can find all my socials there, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, yeah, check it out. I got, um, you know, Le- Leona, I have something. Coming soon. I also have some other top secret stuff down the line that I can't speak about. I will, Where I will we go. Okay. I will, no, no, I I can say one of them that's that's coming in a couple of years is another David Walker Marcus Kwame joint. Mm-hmm. Nice, so, nice. But I haven't even started that yet.
2: So. Okay. All right. It's exciting.
1: Yeah, it is.
2: It
0: is,
1: absolutely. Leo.
2: Uh you can find me at Leonardo EFF on Twitter. Um, you can find me reportedly. This is a cool thing that happened this week. Uh, as, I'm I'm audio credited on the new season of Serial that's coming out. Oh, oh uh, wow! Yeah, because can
1: you, can you say how? Or?
2: Uh, well, so like, uh, what some people know is that like I do a lot of transcription for This American Life and for Serial, right. And I did so much of the transcription for this. Me and uh, and and another person did so much of the transcription that they're actually
1: credit. It's my first audio credit on a podcast. Crap! Wow. Awesome. Yeah, awesome, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. So, uh,
2: you, you find me pop up. So in now there. you
1: got to... Introduce yourself as Serial's only. Right. That's right. <laughs> like you're going to start right. somewhere. You're starting with, like, the biggest podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> um, and also, obviously, uh, in the pages of Mañana, uh, which I have a nice box of uh, uh, hardcovers uh, for the Latinx sci-fi anthology, <sighs> which I, I haven't also... haven't mine yet. You haven't gotten yours yet? Oh, man, I, I got the Contributors box. It was so exciting to get it. Nice. It's, it's right over That's there. That's cool. Yeah, it's nice. so nice. dope. I can't wait. Somebody on Twitter was, like, posting stuff about it. It's, it's hot. And, uh, and I do share uh, share space within Manana uh, uh, digitally with uh, our man, Anthony Otero. Where can people find you, Anthony?
0: Oh, well, thank you. Well, people can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Latin Negro. Um, My website is anthonyotero.com, where you can find links to my two novels and a link to the Eisner-winning Puerto Rico Strong, uh, whereas if you buy a copy, money still goes to the people affected by Hurricane Maria. All right. This has been great. That's so good. I'm glad you were able to stay. We'll talk soon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Keep in touch. Right, cool, Thanks man. for having me, guys. You All right. Sure. Have a good Thank night. You. All right. Take care, out,
1: y'all. Black, Black comics Check comics chat.